Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Today and all this week, we're talking about business planning. Within our company, we have a regular heartbeat for business planning. We meet annually, quarterly, and weekly to work on the business plan. The annual meeting is a full two days. The quarterly meeting is a single day, and our weekly meeting is held on a Friday afternoon, usually lasting about 90 minutes. That's separate and apart from our daily staff meetings where we look at projects and action items. In the annual plan, we construct the revenue plan for the year, and this is made up of the same three elements that form the three-year plan and the 10-year plan. We look at our consulting income, residual income, our own projects that are entering into construction, and then finally transactions. This year, we hired two new staff members into the team. It's increased our monthly cash burn rate, and if you're like most business owners, you want to make sure you meet payroll. You always want to make sure the partners in the business also have enough income to sustain the business. That means paying close attention to the timing of transactions, since that's one of the primary mechanisms for partners in the business to get paid. At our current staffing level, we determined that we needed a minimum level of income to sustain the company comfortably. That means paying employees and then making sure there's enough left over to pay the partners. Isn't it funny how the leaders at the table always seem to eat last? That's what comes with the territory. So again, we looked at three sources of income. We wanted to make sure we had enough income from consulting to cover the cost of payroll for our employees. That means examining our existing consulting engagements and determining whether we would want one or two more consulting clients this coming year. We're only in the middle of the first couple of weeks of the year, and we can already point to the consulting revenue necessary to carry the employees for more than half the year, and we're only two weeks into the year. The challenge will be to ensure we don't accept too many projects on the consulting side of the business. Last year, We did not see any projects transfer into permanent financing or stabilization. As a result, we're not planning on any substantial growth in the residual income category for 2024. The only way that residual income would grow is through the acquisition of a cash-flowing asset. We did allow for the addition of one or two acquisitions of that type in our fiscal year plan, and naturally such a project would need to meet pretty exacting criteria. The development portion of the business is moving forward with three major projects scheduled to enter construction this year and one project already in construction. The land development portion of the business has several planned exits this year. We have offers on three of our development properties, but it's hard to predict when and if these will transact. So when we put all of this together, we made the decision to increase our fiscal year targets to nearly double the actual target. The rationale behind the thinking is that we need more projects in the pipeline to achieve the target in case some projects get delayed for whatever reason. We've learned the hard way that not everything is within our control. For example, we have a project that was supposed to take two months to get approved when we started it, according to the city staff. We're now more than two years into the process, and at the end of that process, we were denied at city council. We now face the prospect of building that project according to the original zoning in the county jurisdiction, and we'll need to redesign the project now for the third time in order to get it built. Sometimes that happens. We don't always control our own destiny. Sometimes the delay is a little bit more modest. For example, we had a denial from Brigham City City Council last week to request a change in the official plan. That denial will affect the width of the road allowance for one of the roads through the center of the project. It's not going to kill the project, but it will incur a delay and have an impact of 16 feet in the width of the road allowance, which will alter the plan slightly. It's representative of the types of risks that are inherent in this line of work. So when we put all of this together in our fiscal plan for 2024, we increase the goal to nearly double the minimum revenue number that we were originally targeting. That means the addition of a short-term value-add project into the project pipeline for the fiscal year. 
we are also mindful that we have two projects in our pipeline that are currently on hold. They were put on hold last year because of the increase in interest rates, and those projects will either be resurrected or sold. At the appropriate moment when the market conditions are right, we'll want to look at what it takes to bring these projects back onto the front burner, but for now, they don't figure into our revenue plan for the fiscal year. See, the challenge is not projects per se, but it's resource balancing. If we take on too many projects and our people get overloaded, then delays become inevitable and we risk being late on everything. So the question of planning projects for the one-year plan is a critical one. This gives you a glimpse into how we approach the long-term plan, the medium-term plan, and the one-year plan. On tomorrow's show, we're going to talk about planning for the quarter. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. 